Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. interrupt this edition of Regular Guy Friday to bring you a very special, you know, remember in the, uh, you must remember from your sitcom days in the past, remember when they always had that on a very special Regular Guy Friday? Are these drugs? Well, on this Regular Guy Friday, this very special Regular Guy Friday, System of the Down helping me but uh, this is our special Lonely Guy edition. Yes, that's right. It'll just be uh, yours truly. I have my reasons. Uh, I also would like to qualify things that I am focused. Now, as a fan of Regular Guy Friday, you may recall what the term focus means in regular speak. Back in the Carney days, working with uh, heroin addicts, uh, Meth heads, cocaine addicts, etc., etc. As I said, I knew one guy that he'd just huff gas if he had to. Um, but we were just surrounded by them, so just got to, and they were so good at being super offended if you accused them of anything. And the problem is, they uh, they had sticky fingers, meaning they like to support their happy with cash. Now, mind you, I didn't hire these people. This was the guy I worked for who loved them. I couldn't get enough of them and probably loved the way they tortured me and tormented me. Needless to say, we didn't want to ever offend anyone or start any trouble by saying, is this guy on drugs or are you on drugs? So instead, we would say in code, I would, someone would speak whatever and I would look over to my brother Joe and go, Joe, focused? And then Joe would say, laser focused or no, actually not focused. So not focused means not on drugs. But if they're focused on drugs, so I encourage you, if you're with friends, you see someone who's acting a fool, 
uh, eyes pinned uh, on some kind of silly rant, you may just want to look over to the friend who knows better and say, focused? Then once we know the person's focused, we can go from there. Anyway, I had a procedure this week, an oscopy of some kind. Um, So that's why uh, I'm still focused uh, from the anesthesia. And uh, I really enjoy it, which probably says a lot about my life. Uh, The fact that I really love getting to be put under and just kind of knocked out. Uh, But uh, just to make you laugh, uh, hopefully, they told me as soon as I came out of of the anesthesia, I just kept saying, great scam, great scam, great scam. (laughs) I kept complimenting the doctors on their ability to scam. And I just told them, hey, you can scam all you want, but you, you did the work, now we can scam. So just kind of tells you what's in your subconscious. And then Maria, of course, filmed me. And uh, yeah, I think I went into a rant about uh, why I love Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and their relationship. <laughs> anyway, okay, so let me explain why uh, this is a Lonely Guy edition. And once again, if you're just tuning in, on a very special Regular Guy Friday, we present a Lonely Guy edition. What is that? That's me alone hosting the show, which, by the way, you guys, I loathe. Um, I love interacting. I, as you guys know, I lean on Kelsey. I think somewhere in my past life, she's probably my mom, if you can believe it. <laughs> um, and Poogee Pooch. And, uh, but yeah, being the lone wolf is not for me. So please, uh, I appreciate your patience, but know you're, you're helping right now, and I'll explain why. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we don't take the temperature of the people in our life, the relationships in our life, you know, and often we focus, I I hate to say it, but we focus on the bad ones and the toxic ones because so many of of us have them and we're afraid to get out of them, um, because of society and shame and all these other things. So I used to have a friend of mine saying, Kevin, we're constantly hoeing our garden. You know, we're constantly tilling up that soil, pulling out the weeds so new flowers can grow. Um, there's that old saying, sometimes you have to shake the tree so all the bad apples fall off. But I will also say that, you know, while taking the temperature of those people, you know, you got to take the temperature of the good people in your life too. And once again, when um, in the 20th century, when I wasn't vibrating as high, and I'm certainly not even vibrating high now, just a regular guy and in a regular world, people. And by the way, being a regular guy and a regular gal in this regular world, doesn't it get lonely? Doesn't it get a little bit lonely? This is our Lonely Guy edition. By the way, very underrated film, Lonely Guy. Steve Martin film. Be patient with it if you ever get a chance to see it. Uh, but there's a lot of good stuff in there about the culture of Lonely Guy. Uh, yeah, it, was, it inspired me all through college. Kept me plenty lonely. Needless to say, go back to taking the temperature of the people around us. There was something I just didn't do as much of. You know, if I had uh, the people work for me, even in the carny business, I pushed them hard. And I was pushing them hard for their own good. You know, I wanted them to win. I wanted them to grow. And, and they did. And the stuff that, you know, these kids who came from nothing, I'm just so proud of all of them and what they've all done over the years. You know, the ones who we got off drugs, so the ones we got out of trouble. But... You know, even with girlfriends back then, it was just, I never took the time to say, hey, what am I bringing to this relationship? I thought like just, you know, buying things, 
paying paying their bills. I thought that was, and that was very generous of me, I will say. But at the same time, I wasn't present emotionally. And you know, when I got with Maria, you know, um, and my life got really t- tipped upside down. I'll talk about that later about how our past wars and battles really can serve us today. And you know, I'll tell you about a couple of things in my own life that are going on where I'm calling upon that. But uh, but when I got with Maria. My life was a mess, and I remember you know, just making a vow of the things I would change. You know, I was like, I don't know exactly what I did wrong in life to end up in this place, bankrupt, living in a basement, like um, feeling like I had nobody, no family. Family turned their back on me. I mean, it was really a tough time. Um, but I said, I don't know specifically what I did, but I have to own up that I had something to do with this. And I didn't have... You know, I didn't have the therapy or the training or the enlightenment to know exactly, but I just knew something was wrong. So what I did was I said, hey, what are the things, what are the things that I know I just do wrong in general? So one was like, you know, again, it's an Italian thing. It's a, it's a Boston thing. But if you screwed with me or my loved ones, I was, I'm going to come back at you a hundred times harder. That's who I was. Revenge. And I just said, you know, I got to lose that. Revenge, it's not good. Like they always say, like, if you take revenge on somebody, dig two graves, one for you and one for them. And man, 20 years later, don't I know it uh, from that time. But the other thing I was like, you know, I've never really given myself fully to a relationship. It was always like just dating and having fun um, and helping them with whatever problems I could, but it was just me, 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 my, my work, my work, my work, my work, get to Hollywood, make it. And didn't really, and I should have reconciled with myself at that time, which is I encourage a lot of people who have to be selfish with their careers. It's just to be honest and upfront about that with yourself, you know, like maybe it's not the time. And as I got older, I did get better at saying, listen, I remember dating, dating someone back in Boston. Um, excuse me, when I was around 30 and I was starting to evolve, I remember just saying, listen, I, my life is in Hollywood and LA and I've got to get, that's what I'm fighting to do, to get back to. Can I get an amen, Winnie? That's an amen from Winnie. And, uh, and, you know, she said, you know, even though she was sad, we were both sad to say goodbye to each other. She said, you know, I have to say, you did tell me from the beginning that this is what you were going to do. And had I just been more upfront and honest with myself and other people, it would have been better. So I was like, hey, the next like great girl that comes into my life, I'm not, I'm gonna be a gentleman. Yes, Winnie, I know. I'm gonna give it my all. Um and so, you know, enter Marie into the picture and you know, going into opening doors and you know, being present for her and things she wanted to do and family she wanted me to meet and you know, all that stuff. And so, you know, life got better. But I remember even there were some Saturdays as we started getting really busy in the business. We moved to L.A. And I remember, you know, realizing like, hey, I got to save some weekend time for Maria. I remember telling like some of the people I was partnering with on films and stuff. I'm like, I got to got to put in some time, you know, because I could see she needed me. She was, uh, you know, and, and the relationship needed it. But I, I always am mindful and, you know, especially even post-pandemic, I grew more mindful of the people around me uh, when I built AfterBuzz. 
and always trying to figure out, you know, what was what was good for after Buzz, but what was good for them, too. Um, but the older I get, the more I do lean on that quote taking of the temperature, you know, of the people around you. So, for example, to bring long story short, why we're at the Lonely Guy edition, I'm going to let Max out right now with his little buddy Bobo, my rescue babies, which I'll have an update on them and why they came into my life and how the universe is always just teaching us things, people. Um, You're not just learning from regular guy Kev or regular gal Kelsey or regular little gal Fuji. You know, you're listening. All those signs are present, but I'll go over some examples uh, that I've experienced this week that'll make you go, hmm, or at least I hope it does. Make you go, hmm. But, you know, I have Kelsey who, you know, Pooja's been working with us for a year. She works really hard, really efficiently. Um, Kelsey has worked for us longer and then, you know, was really in the trenches. It's almost like the older kid. You know how the older kid has it harder and the younger kid has it a little bit easier? That's it. Not that by any means Pooja has it easy. She works really hard. But Kelsey's been going nonstop through thick and thin. Um, carried me and this show, you know, while in living in the house with us, with Lisa passing, I mean, just, you know, and bringing it with a smile and dealing with her own health issues. Um, and her parents are coming in this week and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that too, about parents. Uh, and I want to talk about, um, giving, but then also allowing yourself to receive, and if you allow yourself to receive, how things can significantly change. But Kelsey's parents are coming in this week. And with Maria away, you know, and she's in lockdown, which is great. She's going to be fully immersed. Thank goodness. Like, she's promised me no phone. Just fully immersed in the Joe Dispenza uh, retreat that uh, I'm so excited about. It. I could just, I'm like, Maria, you're going to be so elevated when you come back. Um, so yours truly might be out the door. Anyway. Um, which would be fine. I could go live at After Buzz and still take care of everybody. Not a big deal. Uh, Needless to say, she, uh, so she's off the grid. So now I'm like, you know, I'm looking around at Violetta, our house mother, house manager. And um, she's like, oh, do you just want to be alone? I'm like, no, it's not that I want to be alone. Your family, Violetta, my God, between your cooking and everything else you do. I'm like, but I want you to have the week off. You know, this summer, who knows? We're going to be coming and going a lot, which means she has to stay at the house. And she loves it. She loves the dogs or whatever, but she takes it so serious, which I'm just like, they're fine. You can go out and live your life. She, like, literally thinks she has to stay at the house. And she still cleans like we're here. And I'm like, Violetta, just get on the recliner and watch Netflix with them on your lap. Like, that's all I care about. But she's amazing and just such a gift to our lives. So I want her to have the week off. Um, and then there's some work I want done at her house. I've been slowly getting that done because I want her to go home and feel good about herself. Why? You know, yes, I, I love her and I want to be generous and it feels good to give. But at the same time, there's a selfish thing to it because the happier Violetta is in her life and the less stress she is in her private life, the better she is when she's here taking care of us. You know, so same goes for Kelsey, same goes for Pooja. Um, And even Francisco, you know, who does maintenance here, I'll probably do the same with him. But I think it's really important 
to take the temperature of the people around us and know like you have to like if Tony Robbins says business is about anticipation, which I love, but like life is about anticipation. So is it better for us to have Kelsey burnout, Pooja burnout, Violetta burnout? You know, like no. So these are the times we circle the wagons. And uh, I'm sorry they're not here because I, I fully well know it's a better show with, with the girls. Um, but at the same time, like I said, I just hope you can have empathy for them and for me doing this alone, but especially for them because I want them to, uh, to have this time. Okay, so listen, we're going to take our first break. Okay, and we come back. I do want to talk about, um, I want to talk about your relationship with your parents and if your parents' relationships with your kids, uh, the, the, the next phase of that relationship, not the, the high school and junior high phases, but the, the, phase after, the phases after that, begins in college and after. Um, and I'm seeing it play out with Kelsey. And uh, I use that as an example. Also talk about um, you know, how old battles tend to play out in new ways when you don't evolve or they come again to test us and then how to handle them. I had one this week. Uh, in showbiz, um, you know, some, you know, very toxic person in place, uh, something was published about them and repeatedly, um, reps reached out for us to kind of, you know, kind of deliver the final blow and we didn't, but I'll go over why, um, all that and more. We'll be right. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're going to love it. Back. I'm here. I'm never going to leave you. Now, the tender, heartbreaking story of a man doomed to go to bed with his bed. First time lonely guy? He didn't know it. How many in your life? I'm alone. But he was a lonely guy. And he wasn't alone. Mark, where are you? They were everywhere. Everywhere. We lonely guys. He tried his best to meet women. Working women. First National Bank. Hi. Carol's all, please. Sorry, she's all tied up right now. Yeah, she's literally tied up being robbed at the bank. Wanna go to dinner? I'm a man. Anything was better than sleeping alone. Whoa! Has a dog. We've got a couple of those. But he was still lonely. Yes. So lonely that he wrote about it. A guy. He wrote a guide for the lonely guy. We got a call from Playboy. They want you to pose with the bunny of the pot. Could you just put to Jimmy? He became popular. Sure. 
real popular. And best of all, he met a wonderful girl. Hang in there. Lonely guys don't stay lonely forever. See? I, I think you and I have something special. Yes, welcome back to this lonely guy edition. As we know, of course, he screws up his relationship. Needless to say, anyway, welcome back to this regular guy Friday's very special regular guy Friday, lonely guy edition. Uh, Trying to give a break to Kelsey and Poogee Pooch so they can enjoy their week. Um... But yeah, speaking of Kels, you know, her parents coming in town. And so Kels just made this really big move, you guys know. And uh, I think it's a it's an upgrade. I, I love the idea of always upgrading in life. And I don't mean materially, but in you know so many ways. But she's in this really nice neighborhood and it's everyone's really kind and, and happy and nice and just much less stress. Super cute apartment. But to keep the show going and move over there has been a thing. It's been a lot. Now, granted, we've helped. You know, I had Francisco move her and set everything up and his son. But at the same time, it's still a lot. And um, But her parents are coming in. And she said she, she was, you know, tired the other day. And, and, and she said, oh, Kev, I got I to gotta get my apartment ready because my parents are coming. And I said, okay. And I didn't think anything of it. And then I called her back as I thought on it. And I said, Kels, you know, let your let your parents help you. Set up. That's great mother-daddy bonding. You guys don't need to go down to Venice Beach and walk around. Sure, you can do that, but you know, you can also share in the setup and all that. And I said, you know, how do you know your parents wouldn't want that? And I know her parents. I know how much they love her. Um, and I think a lot of our parents, you guys, they still want to feel wanted and needed, but just not in a way that they're taken advantage of or stressed out. But I see where Kelsey's ascending, and I know how much her parents love her, and I know sometimes it's hard for them to, you know, because she is ascending and she's on this other path that, you know, like Hollywood, you guys, it's like another planet. It's really hard for people outside of this world to understand. Um, And as you know, Kelsey's doing great, but... You know, it, it's. It, I'm sure it's hard for them. So the best thing to do is involve them in the journey. You know, I remember when my dad had cancer, and um, he was in his last days, last probably months. But I would come home and I would read him scripts, and I would ask him thoughts on you know, how to do this or how to do that. And ninety percent of the time, I didn't need the advice. But what I was doing was keeping him stimulated making him feel wanted, making him have purpose. And he really enjoyed it. And I did the same with Lisa, Maria's mom. You know, we would watch all the DIY shows and I would ask her, Lisa, if you were going to do it, you know, would you do this kind of wallpaper? Would you, because Lisa was, you know, she'd been doing DIY her whole life. But those were things that, you know, kept her going. I remember when we lived, um, and I'll talk about later, when we were in the basement, Maria and I, we're in that unfinished basement with broken windows and could see our breath in the winter, like one giant extension cord from upstairs down these wooden stairs on the cement floor. And then that was like a power strip that powered, you know, all of our clock radios and little portable heaters. It was me, Maria, Joe, and, and our friend Jason, all on mattresses, all on the floor, separated by sheets. Those were my makeshift walls. And um, the lady, Nance, Aunt Nance, 
who let us stay there. You know, I'd renovated the house years ago because I kind of, when I was one of the kids in the Carney business, Mark Finney, um, when I was a special ed teacher, I took him under my wing and uh, I, we all became family and I saw that their house was like, it was about to fall down because of him. <laughs> but we fixed it and she never forgot it. And so she, when I had nowhere to live, she says, of course you can live here. And at the time, you know, I was getting threatened too. And she was like, I don't care. I used to call her Ma Barker, little four foot, 10 inch Nance, but she was tough as nails and uh, had the biggest heart. And she said, no, you stay here as long as you want. Don't worry. So I would tell everyone in the house, hey, we all have to do our part. So Joe, I said, Joe, going to do the landscaping because he liked that. And I said, you know, Jason, I said, you know, he wasn't as handy. I said, but Jason, you can sit and watch Judge Judy with her during the days. And then Maria would watch movies with her. And then I would kind of do the, I would do the cleanup in the inside, you know, the, the bathroom and everything. And, and um, it was really nice. But you have to... Um, you have to give back, you know, to your parents in a way, you know, because kind of, you know, starting, I think starting in college or at least after college, I'd like you to start looking at them as now they're older, not looking at them as, yes, they're still mommy and daddy, but they're a little older and you have to start transitioning into more of a leadership and an adult role with them, which I saw a lot of millennials do. A lot of the millennials I knew were very scared for their parents during pandemic. And then the parents were the ones who were misbehaving and going out uh, and about. But I was saying to Kelsey, I said, let your parents into your dream. Let them help you. And by the way, allow yourself to receive. All you do is give. Give, give, give. give. And it's beautiful. And that's why you have this amazing light and this amazing energy. That's why everyone loves you. But you got to let yourself receive too. And let them give to you because they'll enjoy giving to you. You know, they will. They'll enjoy all of that. And it can be fun. It won't, doesn't even, won't even take long. But let them, you know, let them be part of your dream if you can. So that's what I got to say about that. And uh, I'm super excited for them to come in. And I'm super excited for Kelsey's new place. It's very exciting. Um, let me just keep reviewing my notes here. Oof, yeah. God, old par- old. um Old battles, old battles playing out in our lives today. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think more of us, I know Dr. Amen has his like truth formula. If something's not absolutely true, he takes you through those steps so you don't, don't be stressed about it, you know. You know, Maria, last week we had a talk show pitch to us, big giant company, and Maria started getting to the what ifs. What if this and what if that? And how come? And I said, wait, the odds of getting a show on the air is like 1% to 3%. Just let things happen. Um, I have another friend, Orange County Housewives, wants her on the show. And, uh, and I just said, listen. And the husband said, you know, but I don't want cameras near us. And what if this and what if that? And she's saying, what if this? I said, guys, just everybody chill. Okay. You don't know if it's going to happen. Okay, so why bother? Just go and have a good interview with them and make a good impression. Even when Maria used to do auditions, I'd say, Maria, I don't care if you get the part or not. I want to know if you had a good audition. And if you didn't have a good audition, what do we have to do to fix that? But when she'd come home and go, I nailed it, and they loved me, it was great. Great energy, great for her confidence. Plus, the casting directors would say, you know what, you're not right for this, but you'll be right for that. 
So I said to, you know, Maria, with this, with this show, I'm like, just let's see where it takes us. But with my friend from the Housewives, I said, just make a great impression because the people you're talking to cast for other reality shows. They might have you on as a guest, but just go and do it and then divorce from the outcome. But don't start thinking about all these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, because it's just not worth it. So Dr. Eamon has that process. It's very helpful. But the process, one of the other processes that Ida Kendall gave me was she said, go back to that basement that you were living in. You know, right next to an oil burner, guys. And I have pictures, too. I just can't even believe we did it. And we're on the ground sleeping, you know. And, and, and I had, you know, it's just messed up to even say it. But literally people after me trying to kill me in that area on one coast. And on another coast, I had another guy just slamming, destroying my name. You know, my name in the business, all the contacts I had. And my family, you know, abandoned me. And uh, we would just kind of sit in targets there. And I thank God I had Joe, but a couple of times Joe's knee, he had knee operation, so he, was, he had to go back up to New Hampshire. And that's when we were vulnerable. Um, and we had no money. I mean, anything I made, I was paying off debts from the film and giving to Maria to, the, you know, her dad pulled the plug on her education at Emerson. So I said, all right, we'll go to Bunker Hill. You can study there. And we did. Um, and then, you know, Mark Finney, the guy that I mentored and put on Singled Out as the Cupid, and later he made a movie with Denzel Washington, and he made a movie with Paul Rudd, and then he, he made his own movie, went to Toronto. We have a big history, Mark and I, because Mark was a special ed student. And when the police would be beating him up, <laughs> they were laughing because he was making them laugh. That's how funny this guy was. Uh, but he was always in trouble. The school didn't want to graduate him. And uh, I just said, you're hilarious. Why don't you look at this? Look at you love Monty Pythons. You, you watch Letterman every night. Like, you know all these old movies. You know all this music. I'm like, why are you not doing something with this? He's like, I can't. I don't know. Forget. We're on the stairwell of Medford High. And I'm in my, like, royal blue shirt and yellow tie, as was the look of the day. And I said to him, I'm like, look, I'm going out there to make it. I'm going to go out there and do my thing. I'm like, but you can do this. And it was a long road. But eventually, uh, you know, I said, if you stick with me in this business and have my back, I promise I'll get you out of here. And he did. He worked with me around the clock, around the clock, around the clock, um, and then sure enough, when I became head writer at MTV, I called him up. I said, pack your bags. You're out. I had him on a plane in maybe four hours after I called him. I said, just get, on, just get on a plane. And he just walked out on set. And he was so raw and natural, they couldn't believe it. Everyone thought he had all this training or whatever, but he just was a natural. And, you know, I have that, uh, thankfully, that ability to see sometimes in people what they don't see in themselves. But he delivered, and Jenny loved him. Jenny McCarthy loved him. Chris Harwick loved him. And the rest was history. But he said, God, how will I pay you back? And I said, well, do it for somebody else. You know, like I just said it as cliche. really didn't put much thought into what I said. But it's so funny how the universe works. Because when we were in that basement and Maria's at Bunker Hill and I'm paying off all our debts, he went to be, become, he became an intern at this place called Channel One News. And he said, Kevin, they're having auditions for new news anchors. They, they're like this, like I, I'm sitting in front of a stack of like 5,000 headshots. But I, if you have a headshot, a reel of Maria, I can get, I can give it to them. So we, I literally like took a cheap camcorder. I shot Maria doing some fake standups. 
uh, I took some stuff she did at Emerson, edited it together in like the cheapest way. I mean, literally two VHS recorders next to each other because we were broke and we had no access to anything. But I knew, I said, Maria, it's all about the headshot. We sent a really great headshot. And then, you know, sure enough, she got the job. And that was thanks to Mark and how the universe went around. Um, and from there, it was, you know, a few months in a, in, you know, maybe like a year, year and a half in a really bad neighborhood in a bad apartment. And then after that, you know, it was like our first house. And then it was this house. And we never have looked back. And the reason I mention all that, um, remind me to talk to you guys about humble bragging too, because I really don't mean to do it, even though I do do it. Um, really want, uh, I really hope there's lessons in here for you guys. But Ida said, Kevin, look at what you came from. Like all you, you were like, your life was being threatened. You were just a sitting duck. Got jumped a couple of times. I mean, it was really like a awful, awful time. Financially, physically, emotionally, I was working seven days and seven nights a week. I, I had this year long, year and a half long plan. If I worked every single day for a year and a half, I could pay off our debts and I could get us out of there. And in fact, I stayed behind when Maria went to LA so I could pay off the debts and send her money to get our first car, which by the way, we still have. Um, our 62 Corvair first car, just a little regular guy side tip. <clears throat> I said, Maria, listen, I want you to look special. I want you to look like a little starlet, but we can't afford like a really hot, nice car for you. So I got the Corvair and I'm like, you'll be, how cool are you going to be in this candy apple red Corvair for four grand with the white convertible in the interior? I got it going and years later, we still have it. Um, and it worked. You know, people were super impressed with her driving that to work every day. Uh, but I say this because what Ida makes me look back at that experience and say, it's never going to be any worse than that. And look what you did. Look what you guys did. And so now I'm like, you constantly reminding Maria, because she had, we, listen, we, our business has changed drastically. The economics are different. It's a very scary time out there. Um, f- you know, uh, in general, the business is splintering. We don't know where the economy's going. And, you know, I did, but I just say, Maria, like, we look what we came from. We'll be fine. We survived that. And then your, your mother's tumor, your tumor. You know, we, we, did, we didn't just survive, we thrived. You know, we never fell behind. We continued to, like, grow. We, grew, we kept the show going. We grew the show, actually, a lot. We did the renovations. I'm like, so, but look back at those days and say, hey, and I do. So I look back at those days and I say, you know what? Okay. And um, it doesn't mean I won't get knocked down now and be really down in the dumps. It just means that I go back to that and say, hey, so even post-pandemic, I had, uh, you know, After Buzz was always this family. You know, Maria's mom would cook, give cooking lessons on Monday night. I mean, we just, I mean, we bailed kids out of jail. We got them cars. I mean, I, I was, um, and Maria and our, our staff, part of like the 20 of us, it was part of their job was, yes, you're going to produce, but you're also here to be a big brother and big sister to these hosts who come in because, you know, the idea was, that if we, you know, took care of the hosts, um, they would take care of us. What a concept, you know? I would always say, like, we had a two-part mission over there. One, make great content. Two, you know, serve our talent. Um, and we used to say those, that two-part goal is not mutually exclusive. You know, one feeds the other. Um, 
You see, guys, I'm focused, so I just lost my train of thought. This is where it stinks not having Kelsey. Let me take a sip of my coffee, see if it brings me back. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Uh, so after Buzz, that's where I was at. So we had a bit of a snafu happen during the pandemic, and it was the first time we got real pushback on a lot of things. And um, it really wasn't just because it's, you got to think it's a, it wasn't even a business. I put up many millions of dollars and never made money over there. And uh, with that purpose in mind, make great content, but then also help these souls. And we would say to ourselves, because we learned from Joan Rivers. Joan Rivers, everyone who worked for Joan, her kids got free education, which I thought was so cool. And so I was like, you know, hey, at the end of the day, maybe we can crack this and make this profitable. But even if it makes a dollar every year, there's so many other positives to it. All the lives we're helping and affecting, getting to know great showrunners, you know, coming into the studio, meeting so many celebrities, you know, really good contacts for business. And plus, marketing-wise, you have, we had millions and millions and millions of downloads and views. So we were making it work, but it was definitely something that was, you know, taking all of our money and time and draining us. And so there was a, you know, kind of a snafu. And it was very similar to what happened to me 20 years ago when I ended up in the basement. It uh, just stuff was unjust and didn't go down like it should have. And I was really, you know, I was wobbled, you know, I was definitely laid low. But where the coming out of that basement trauma probably took me 10 years or 15 years to recover. This took me maybe a year um, because I had that old experience to go back on. I'm like, wait, I've seen this movie play out before. You know, I get stomped and then we come back stronger, you know, and learn many great lessons. So that's what's going to happen now. But I think it's good to look at your old battles. But I think at the same time, you also want to look at how you can refine how you react. So you see the old battles as inspiration like. And by the way, even whether you won or lost, you can go by the Vince McMahon quote. If I survived the battle, then I won. So you're here, you're listening to the show. So you survived the battles. So therefore you won. Okay. Um, but even the battles, you feel like you did win. There's always a better way to take it. You can take inspiration that you survived the last one. So you'll survive this one. That works. But sometimes you can say, hey, you know what? What can I do different this time? This time around. You know, and so for me, um, I did the same thing where I said, okay, I'm going to walk away from this. Like I walked away from the film I was working on and I'm going to um, rebuild. That's what I did 20 years ago. And so with this, I said, okay, I'm going to walk away. I'm going to make sure Lisa gets safe passage. I'm going to make sure Costa, Violetta, Maria is safe and Kelsey during this time. But what do I have for assets? After all this money I spent on AfterBuzz, what are my assets? Well, I had properties. And I said, okay. I'm going to fix them all, make them all worth more money. And when I'm too tied to do it, I'm going to think about those people who were unjust with me. And that I'm going to use that as my motivation, which I've told you before. You know, no revenge, but take that anger and put it toward work and success, which I'm learning now in this century also has short-term payoffs. You know, my body's finally said to me, like, that's not the way anymore. I'm exhausted. So what's the new way? The new way, believe it or not, is really sending love to those people and, and genuine forgiveness and empathy. I understand 
you know, why they did what they did because just it is how it is. But I'm also just not going to let it affect me and hurt me. But I do send them well wishes, and I genuinely do. And that was the difference now between back then. Um, I'll take a break, and then I'm going to briefly go over, like, another, you know, past war that we survived, so we won, but then just reflared up again and how um, we're going to react to it. Okay, so we're going to take a little breaky break here, a little poogee pooge, King. Get the show paid for, and then we'll be right back on this very special edition of Regular Guy Friday, Regular Guy Friday, Lonely Guy Edition. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do, snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days, and I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor, and it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios, and then I got addicted, and now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. And we are back on this very special Regular Guy Friday, Lonely Guy edition. Uh, Talking again about, um, you know, old battles coming back into new battles. And um, I think sometimes the universe is testing us to see if we're really ready to ascend. I think other times maybe we haven't ascended, so we're attracting these battles. So that's stuff to look at. Um, I gave you the Vince McMahon quote, but um, I'll give you the... uh, Tony Soprano quote. I remember when um, uh, I think it was Nick Lozier played this one uh, mob boss who just got broken out of jail and he was really making trouble for Tony's crew. And Tony said, something effective, I'm not going to have another Richie April on my hands. Richie April was another kind of nightmare cancer from the season before. And he kept placating to him and trying to make it work. And it was just disastrous. And he was like, all right, I'm going to find another way to like neutralize this guy in a way that is clean. And, um, so yes, even the, uh, the mobsters, well, listen, art doesn't art give us so many great lessons. It does me. 
Um, but yeah, this this week, some you know, there was a article came out about a toxic workplace we knew about, and um, many people reached out and said, you know, comment, 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 and you know, it's a tough situation to be in because you know, obviously, if you feel like you've been wrong, like we were. <laughs> And mistreated like we were, Maria especially, poor Maria. Um, so the instinct to me is like, yeah, oh yeah, give me my, um, give me my guitar and my uh, mic. I'll sing for you. <laughs> but when I think of how our lives have gone by not doing that, by not reacting, not responding, not giving it energy, it's been okay. In fact, it's been better than okay. We here, you know, we've got a great show. We have great lives, great people around us. It's funny, you know, I'll give you a regular guy Friday name drop, but I went to lunch with uh, Anthony Mucci, the Mooch. He started out as a Trump guy, and then he had the face turn. Uh, shout out to Steve the Steamer, wrestling terminology. Then he had the face turn, and uh, it was against Trump. But we went and had lunch, and... um I was telling him, you know, we were talking about being Italian and the culture and the pressures and how, how we get and how we're reactionary and hot-headed and, and vengeful, you know, all those things. And I, I said, you know, I gave that up 20 years ago. And I said, but I have to tell you, as an Italian or an Italian, it's really hard. It's really hard to see your loved ones get it and not do something, you know. And, and I'm, I'm always in that hyper-protect mode, which I need to change, um, because I'm probably attracting more fights that way. But Mucci said to me, Anthony Mucci, I'll never forget it. He goes, okay, so you're not engaging in revenge. Um, you're, not, you're just working on yourself after you get hurt by people. And he said, uh, and hasn't that worked out for you? And he just kind of pointed to me head to toe, like, you know, look at you, look at this restaurant you're in, right? You're a pretty successful person. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. So, again, when we look back at those fights that we survived, which means we won, or thrived, we say, there's nothing that life's going to bring us that we can't take on, okay? And then, furthermore, whatever is going to come, don't worry about it, because you're going to be able to handle it when it does, because you did it before. But also, know that there are new ways to do things. So, you know, by not responding in this situation and just letting the universe work itself out. Now it's a, it's frustrating because sometimes when you know these people are hurting other people, that's where it gets a little sticky. You know, that's when that kind of hero complex comes out or maybe not, maybe it's just, you want to, you want to help people. That's what's hard. You just, you know, I don't wish anything bad. I really don't wish anything bad on these people who did these things. And, and I, and I mean that on my dad's soul. And I think this show and you guys have really helped me ascend to get to that space. But I don't think they deserve the privilege to work in our business anymore because it is a privilege. You know, there's no business where, yes, it's hard, but when you're at the level they're at, you are, you have so much power, you have so much excess, you have so many um, luxuries, and all you should do is be grateful. 
uh, and not cruel and abusive and just cruel and abusive just to be cruel and abusive too in our business. It's like, and I always say the ship ran down, rolls downhill because they were probably trained by people like that. And that was a hundred years of Hollywood. And, you know, I say, say it again, hats off to millennials and Gen Z. They're not going to take it, nor should they, you know, there's no need of that. It was never any, I used to call it Hollywood rude, by the way, there's a, you know, when I see outsiders come into our business, like, wait, that person just like walked away in the middle of the conversation. Well, that person didn't even look me in the eye and said, to, I go, yeah, it's called Hollywood rude. It's a culture of how people, publicists, agents, managers speak to people. Because, okay, now I'll vibrate low. They didn't grow up in my neighborhood where they were gotten slapped across the head. <laughs> we're not like that anymore, people. We've ascended. Not like that. We don't do that anymore. We'd like to, but we don't. Um, but I think that they just need to go away and, and either enjoy all the money that they've made and be grateful that they have that, um, and, uh, or and go work in another business. You know, that's what I would like to see, but no more than that. I don't really want to see them harmed any further. Um, so, but us not reacting, not responding, uh, trusting how things have only gotten better by not doing that all these years. I can't tell me guys how many hosts, how many producers have tried to put out bad press. Have like, I've caught them all because I had a publicist forever. So I would always find out what they were doing. And we never engaged in it. It was just, we're going to make ourselves better. That's all we did. And uh, unfortunately, that added to Maria's tumor because we were working nights and weekends on all those side projects. But in the end, you know, I think um, I know it all worked out. So, and as I was saying, we, we did uh, an interview with the CEO of Quilt. We were saying how I look back now, the only thing I will say is, you know, probably 25 or 30% we less we could have worked and probably still had the results, maybe even more because we didn't breathe enough. Um, but I wouldn't trade it because Maria looks back at this fairy tale career, that first phase. She's entering a new phase now. That first phase got her to this phase. Her parents got to enjoy it. You know, we got to enjoy it. So, you know, and again, no, no control over it anyway. Um, You know what, guys? I am going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to come back maybe with some RGF bonus material. Okay, stay tuned. Once again, Regular Guy Friday, Lonely Guy Edition. Stay tuned. Stay lonely, San Diego. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. I think this is a song of hope. Guys, even on our Lonely Guy edition, we have our bonus. 
little stairway to heaven, live. Perfect for any lonely guy or gal sitting in your room, staring at the wall, wondering where it all went wrong. <laughs> Sorry. It's funny. I was, uh, I had this up on the screen, uh, YouTube TV, and uh, it's a live rendition of the song. But I've actually never paid any attention to the lyrics. You know, it's the music always, but it's funny. If you look at the lyrics of some of your favorite songs, you just, you wonder how much they resonated with you subliminally. A lady thinks everything is glittering gold and is buying a stairway to heaven. So that part I remember. And when she gets there, she knows if the stores are all closed. So the beginning of it, like, what I noticed was, you know, it was kind of basic. Someone's buying a stairway to heaven. And I just kind of left it at that. But then as the song goes on, there's much more meaning to it. By the way, shout out to Robert Plant. Oh, what a, what a sexy man. Does anyone else miss the rock stars of the world? Long hair, the puka beads, the shirt open, the bracelets. Sometimes words have two meanings, don't they? Some, sometimes all of our thoughts are misgiven. <laughs> little ad lib there from Mr. Plant. I think you can see that. Jimmy Page on the double neck guitar. He always says this is one of the top five best rock and roll songs of all time. I don't disagree. I personally like House of the Rising Sun as my favorite by the animals. But it makes him wonder. Listen. By the way, as he's having his moment, there's a feeling I get when I look to the west, right? And my spirit is crying for leaving. God, so at the time I played this and saw the lyrics, they really spoke to me for what was going on in the moment. I, would think, I wish it was a better uh, lyric interpreta- uh, interpreter. But there's definitely more going on here than I realized. I kind of, you know, I'm really grateful for Guitar Hero. I wish it was popular again, but it reintroduced the classic classics to the younger generation. But uh, rock and roll is dead, people. It ain't about rock anymore, but I have to say, I love my rap. I miss this. And it's whispered that soon, if we all call the tune, then the piper will lead us to reason. Right? To reason. A new day will dawn for those who stand long. Right? And the forest will echo with laughter. 
Does, does anyone remember laughter? Asks Robert Plant. And the recklessness in which these uh, these artists sang, which I loved, you know, obviously it shortened the shelf life of their voices. <laughs> I got some new good news. Listen, people, if there's a bustle in your hedge grow, don't be alarmed now. It's just a spring clean for the May Queen, right? There are two paths you can go by. But in the long run, like we talked about, there's still time to change the road you're on. I hope so. Look at him sending well wishes to us. Thank you, Robert. Damn. RGF bonus. Getting a boomer reaction to Stairway to Heaven. How how unique. No, but really, I never paid attention to these lyrics. Much more meaning in them. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Your head is humming, and it won't go in case you don't know. So I'm going to stop humming. The piper's calling you to join him. Who's the piper, though? That's the question. We're about to go into the instrumental, I'm sure. Funny thing this week, guys, I want to share with you. And this RGF bonus. So I go to Floyd's to get my hair cut. Sammy, shout out to Sammy at the Floyd's in Encino. Um, she's so good. And um, she always makes me laugh. Now we're going into Jimmy Page's guitar solo. Lower it a little bit. Um, <laughs> so I said, do you want... Uh, do you do, do you do many mullets, Sammy? She's like, why do you ask me that? I said, well, I don't know. I said, I kind of like the mullet because you just shave your head on the sides, let it grow long in the back. Seems like easy maintenance. I think I'm, I might, maybe I'm back in on the mullet. And she said, okay, let me tell you something about what happens here with me and the mullet. I make you sign a release form. I'm like, what? She's like, I'll show you. She has a release form. Literally, if you want a mullet, you have to sign a release form that she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't think it looks good, but she's happy to do it. But you're running your own risk. <laughs> and I was like, I love it. I love it. How are you guys? I hope uh, I hope this Lonely Guy edition was okay for you. Um, we'll have a part two on Tuesday. Um, I probably shouldn't even say that. It's just a... Let you be surprised because I don't want to scare you away. Just know that, um, you know, by still liking and subscribing and commenting, uh, as you guys have been, uh, it just helps because in this case, it gives Maria the confidence. It's going to give Kelsey the confidence too, you know, that, uh, that we can keep going and that people can have uh, time off. In 2003, it was named... The number, it was named number 31, this song by Rolling Stone. Number 31 on the all-time great list. I don't know about that. I think it's a little higher than that, Rolling Stone. Top 10, at least. Wow, Stay Ready to Heaven didn't chart because it was never released as a single. 
Look at this, an RGF bonus. When do you get this kind of trivia that I know you're all just sitting on the edge of your seats? Okay, well, you know what? I love you guys, but... Oh, Steering Heaven's rumored to contain backward satanic messages. What? No. Oh, my goodness. Maybe it is Satan guiding us. Yikes. No, I don't believe that. Now, let's take it back to Baccarat. I got a prime, kids. I got a prime. Okay, you guys, thank you once again for uh, being with us, being patient with me on this uh, very special Regular Guy Friday, if I haven't said it enough, Lonely Guy edition. And yes, I am focused. So uh, if I was, uh, the fastball was a little off, well, just know that's the, uh, the anesthesia and the pain meds talking. Okay, I'm priming back up, kids. Anyway, everybody, let's have a great weekend. Summer's coming. You guys, can you feel it? I can feel it. I'm getting excited for summer, people. Summer of Heal, we're calling it. I can boogie. And in the meantime, special thanks to uh, Kelsey and Poogee Pooj. Maria, obviously. Uh, and you, the Heal Squad, for carrying us this whole time. Uh, we really appreciate it. And please uh, leave your comments on Patreon, too. Because uh, those are the ones Maria reads the fastest. And she always, like, I, I did the interview with Sean Waltman about addiction, and we got a lot of feedback. And Maria was like, that's good, that's good, you can do more of that. And she breathes a sigh of relief, so we do read the comments, we love them. Um, and you guys are always constructive, too, which we love, too. But in the meantime, on this weekend, you guys, as this weather gets warmer, right? We get out of the pandemic is over, and we uh, get into the summer. Just remember, in the back of your head, why we're here. Help one another. Learn from our mistakes. Have a few laughs along the way. And boogie. Boogie voogie. I'm going to do this for Kelsey. Bye, betches. Sorry, guys. I really should just cut this off, but I just, I think I can boogie. That's the problem. I can dip my shoulder like her, too. I'm telling you guys, I just need a shot. Forget bowling. Forget cooking lessons. Forget new brain synapses. Whatever it is. I just know, I just think I can boogie. I think that's what I'm going to focus on. Yeah, I'm going to go focus on that. All right, you guys. As Kelsey would say, bye, betches. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show 
or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heel Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heel events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heel Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.